My favorite RTX 4090 ever got purchased. Also, we have the details on the Galaxy S23 series and Valve wishes they could do this. I wish Valve would do this. I so desperately, desperately want this new gaming handheld. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And we're gonna start off blowing you away with the RTX 4090 blower cooler setup. We talked about this in a previous episode of Hot News a while ago about how these GPUs started to get listed for sale over in China, which is something that Nvidia has expressly forbidden. No more blower cards on the RTX series. They're already blowing it hard enough with their pricing. Got them. Thank you, Kyler. I needed that encouragement today. But NVIDIA wants to reserve these GPUs for their higher end quadro lineups where it's actually meant to be put in servers, whereas this is supposed to be fun and flashy and gaming, trying to get it more distinct between their product lineups. But somebody sending it out, buying it anyways. And you can see that they don't even call it the 4090. You can just see that there's Morse code on the front right there, which I'll tell you what that means in a second. But it actually is two slots. Looks really good. Uh, Bottleneck Evader over on Reddit is the one who purchased this and put it through some testing. Turns out that it's power capped to 450 watts, which is like more than fine. And it turns out with benchmarking in 3D Mark Time Spy, it got around average of what an RTX 4090 does. Turns out a blower style cooler can actually dissipate 450 watts, which isn't too bad. So it seems like it's an overall good card and it just was very expensive, costing roughly $2,600, which is the same as the MSI Supreme X, which they could not get because it doesn't fit in the case that they have. So this seems to be a good alternative, something I really, really want. Just a small little GPU to slot in wherever you want, but it's still the fastest. Has the power connector at the back of the GPU to allow you to, to get all the plugging in that way. But the Morse code on the front means AI edition. So they don't even call it a 4090 like on the surface. They call it AI edition. You can check out the Reddit post, which we'll have linked in the video description. It's It's got fewer branding. It does say 4090 on the bottom, but you won't ever be able to see that when you plug it in. You can kind of see that. So Nvidia, bring those back. I want them. Can we, can we get enough uproar for blower style 4090s? Probably not. This is a Brett thing. Anyways, you know what else is a Brett thing that I want to be a you thing too? Today's video sponsor. My friends, today's video is sponsored by Intahill and their studio display portable monitor. My friends, this thing is packed to the gills with features and provides an experience unlike any other that I've seen in a form factor like this. So it's a 13.4 inch 4K plus display with an IGZO panel, which means it has great black levels, very little color shift, when viewed at different viewing angles. A mirror-like finish, extra low Delta E values, and insane color accuracy to make this a great monitor for professionals, but it also provides the 16 by 10 aspect ratio that a lot of professionals want to use. However, it also has a 16 by nine mode in case you wanna use it for gaming. And at a display resolution of 3840 by 2400, it provides 338 pixels per inch to make sure that everything on this monitor 
looks tack sharp and it's great to either plug into your laptop with a Thunderbolt port or you do have extra power in case you want to run video games on it as well. But also it's great for HDR content because it goes up to 500 nits brightness and has HDR optimization. It's compatible with Mac, iPad, Windows, whatever you need to use it for. And it also even has an e-ink emulation mode in case you want to just use it for static images and making sure that it's on a grayscale, which is great for things like text reading or even programming. My friends, this thing is packed to the brim with features, is an incredible form factor at 13.4 inches, easy to transport with this little carrying case that it has on it that protects the screen, makes sure it's good to go. Also, the glossy finish on the display makes it look extra crisp. I've checked out a lot of portable monitors in my day, and I'm seriously impressed with the Intihill Studio display with 4K plus resolution, the IGZO panel. It has a whole lot of feature sets. Check it out at the link in the video description. Big thanks to Intihill for sponsoring today's video. And you know what would go well with the Intihill monitor? The Fractal Design Ridge, that mini ITX case with that portable monitor. Ooh, on the go, it's gonna be so great. But Fractal coming out and admitting that there are some issues with the Ridge and specifically the PCI Express riser that comes with this case. We actually have one over there that we still have to do a build in. Thanks Fractal for sending it out. But with the PCI Express riser, they found that there are signal integrity issues that are happening where it actually cannot reliably run in Gen 4 mode. And they're advising that all of their customers for the time being run it in Gen 3 mode while they figure out how to source something that they can put into Gen 4. So this is a little disappointing, especially if you have a GPU that is limited to four GPU lanes, having to knock it down to PCI Express 3.0 might actually mean significant performance loss. With most GPUs, you put something like an RTX 3070 in there, you're not really gonna see any performance difference from going PCI Express 4.0 down to 3.0, but it's still a bummer that this has happened. Fractal doing the right thing, issuing a report ahead of time saying, hey, our thing is broken, we're working on a solution. Here's the mitigated steps in the meantime, while we work on how to get you a new product or at least a new riser to make sure your stuff's okay. A G. I wonder who's recently been screwing up their physical hardware products. I wonder what company could learn from this response. I don't know. It's a good one though. And it seems like Samsung has a few good ones on their hands with the S23 lineup that's coming out. We've shown off in previous episodes of Hot News the leaked pictures of this, but now we have details on the specifications that are gonna be going into the phone. So the S23 and S23 Plus are gonna be slightly different by screen size, 6.1 inch versus 6.6 .6 inches, but they're also gonna have the adjustable refresh rate display between 48 and 120 hertz with Gorilla Glass Victus 2. And the camera array is gonna be a 50 megapixel primary, 12 megapixel ultra wide with a 10 megapixel telephoto with three times optical zoom, as well as the regular one having a 3,900 milliamp hour battery, where this plus is gonna have 4,700 milliamp hour battery, and they're both gonna have fast charging. The regular one's gonna have 128 gig and 256 gigs of storage, whereas the plus is gonna have 256 and 512. Also getting details on the S23 Ultra, which the S22 Ultra has been in, from what I've gathered, one of the most remarked smartphones of 2022. The S23 Ultra is gonna have a 6.8 inch 3080 by 1440 display that can go from one hertz all the way up to 120 hertz. It's gonna have a 200 megapixel main sensor with the 12 megapixel ultra wide two telephoto lens that can do three and 10 times zoom respectively. And it's gonna have a 5,000 milliamp hour battery going all the way up to one terabyte storage and 12 gigabytes of RAM being a whole thing with the S Pen. And all three of those phones are gonna be running on the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor at 3.36 gigahertz with Bluetooth 5.3, Wi-Fi 6E. These are looking to be some really good launches for smartphones 
in the early part of this year. That's kind of how the Galaxy S22 launched very early, but stayed very competitive throughout the year to where the S22 Ultra was regarded again as one of the best phones that released last year. If you want to reserve one, we'll have an affiliate link in the video description for you to reserve your Galaxy smartphone. You get a $50 Samsung credit. Really, there's no cost to you to do this. You just put in your name and email and then you get a free credit. Then they say enhanced trade in values in case you're looking to get one of the new ones. Just think about it. And I think about crypto stonks even in my dreams. Not at all. Bitcoin down two and a half percent to be at 2767. You can see it had a midday little crash, a siesta as it were. Ethereum also having a little sploosh on down. I don't know if I like that phrase. 1528 is where it's sitting at. Dogecoin also splooshing down three and a half percent to be at just over eight cents. Tesla having a mildly bad day at down two percent to be at 128.78. And Reese, I'm down bad for UFD deals. You missed one day this week and it just it it brought up in me cravings that I didn't know I had. Give us the hottest tech deals, bud. Yo, yo, welcome back to Yifty Deals. We bring the hottest tech deals out on the internet. I'm Reese. here's the deals, and let's jump straight in with the Team Group T-Force Delta RGB DDR5 RAM kit. This 32 gig set is running at 6,000 megahertz at CL30, and it's going for only $174.99, which is $205 or 55% off, and the lowest price in 30 days. But next, we have the Dell G16 gaming laptop. With a 16-inch QHD 165 hertz display, an Intel Core i7-12700H, NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3060, 16 gigs of DDR5, and a one terabyte SSD, which you can all pick up for $109,999, which is $500 off. And with that, the deals are done, but be sure to check out UFD Deals for more. We'll have it linked down below in the description. And with that, I'm going to hand you off back to Brett for the rest of your hot news. Cheers. Delicious, Reese. You know, that's almost as good of a deal as buying a charging company for $169 million, which is what Shell is doing. Yes, the oil and gasoline provider Shell is getting into the EV charging game with them buying out Volta, who has over 3,000 locations in the United States, as well as a few more in Europe, making it so that Shell is transitioning into a new era of business. We'll see how that goes. And PlayStation gonna transition into a new model with the detachable disk drive. We've talked about that this is coming for a while now, but now we're getting new reports that it will likely, at least the disk drive, not be backwards compatible with the digital edition console that's for sale right now. So you will not be able to add a disk onto the current digital edition. However, you will be able to add the disk onto the future digital edition. We're expecting the revamped refresh PlayStation 5 to come out sometime in September. It's unknown whether or not this is going to have a slim branding or if it's going to potentially also be debuted with a pro. Likely not happening. It's a bit too early in the console life cycle for a, a PS5 Pro. Three years is too soon. I would potentially guess next year that might happen. But one of my favorite games on PlayStation 5 finally got a release date for PC. Returnal coming out on February 15th, just before The Last of Us hits PC. It has tons of supports coming out for Steam and Epic Games, and you can check the recommended specs for this video game if you want to at the link in the video description over on the PlayStation blog. It does look like you're gonna need a little bit of hefty hardware to make it go, which is exactly what the Aya Neo Next 2 will have, my friends. I, oh man, I just, I will continuously say that the Steam Deck is underpowered. I want Valve to put a higher end APU into the Steam Deck. They can sell it at a higher price point. I really don't care. Keep the current one. It's totally fine for an entry level PC on the go handheld console. Keep the current one at $399, but please provide a heavier option, a heavier duty your option like Ioneo is doing with the next two. This is not fully announced because they're working with AMD on some stuff that can 
actually be announced at the given moment, but you can also see they are taking some design inspiration from the Steam Deck, especially with those little touchy pads right down there. This is looking like to be a direct successor to the Steam Deck, especially since Valve has said that the Steam Deck 2 not happening anytime soon, and the only upgrades that they're making are gonna be with regards to the screen and battery life. I want performance upgrades. So the iNean X2, my friends, it's supposed to have a Ryzen 7000 series CPU plus discrete graphics. So this is really intriguing because Ryzen 7000 series mobile, as far as we're aware, can mean anything. It can be from Zen 2 all the way up to Zen 4. So previous generation architectures all the way up to the latest. But if it has one of the latest APUs, that means it's gonna have Zen 4 CPU with RDNA 3 GPUs, and that would be a monster in and of itself. But the fact that they're advertising having this handheld with a discrete graphics card just absolutely blows my mind. I want to see this eight inch screen. This looks like it's gonna be a heavy hitter, obviously price point, not really known. I would guess that this is gonna start northwards of $1,000, which is obviously the number one retort that I have or I hear when I talk about the Steam Deck being underpowered, but then it couldn't cost four bucks. I disagree to some extent. Like I think Valve, if they worked really hard to come up with a deal with AMD to come up with some custom silicon, they could launch a new Steam Deck with Ryzen 6000 with a 6800U or an adjusted version of that at the same price point because they don't need to upgrade all of the other things. Like the 720p screen is mostly fine. Yes, people want OLED, that would be amazing. But if you keep the screen the same, you keep all of the other parts the same and you just upgrade the APU, well then you're not really remanufacturing the whole thing. You're just bringing out a faster guy. I just, I want, I want my Steam Deck to be able to run Cyberpunk at the Steam Deck settings at 720p 60. It can't do that. It cannot do that at the Steam Deck settings. I just want it. I know people say the 40 FPS is good enough. I just don't agree. I, I honestly legitimately shy away from playing on my Steam Deck right now because it is not fast enough. And I'm playing a little bit more with the iNeo 2, which they've recently sent out. I want Valve to do more. The iNeo Next 2 looks like the more that I want. And, oh, I just want everybody to benefit. That That's my Steam Deck brand. And that's how I'm gonna end this episode of Hot News. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back to close out your week tomorrow, my friends.